0: Here we are in week 35 of the 50 States, 50 Weeks, and 50 Coffee Shop series. I'm talking with Chuck Price from High Grounds Coffee in Ohio. Chuck is the co-founder and general manager at High Grounds. He shares about his passion to help coffee become more sustainable and help farmers thrive. He also touches on the difference between direct, fair, and premium grade coffee, which is what they offer. I learned a lot from Chuck today, and I hope you will too. If you're enjoying this podcast, share it around with friends and family, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you have a coffee shop you want to recommend for this podcast series, email me at brucetalkshow at gmail.com. With that, grab your coffee or tea, and let's dive right in.
1: My name's Chuck. Price, and I'm the uh, co-founder and general manager of High Grounds Cafe in Sydney, Ohio. We started High Grounds Cafe uh, about eight years ago. We started the project We're in uh, July 24th, of this year will have been open seven years. Been at it for a while and done a lot of things, learning a lot of lessons, uh, and involved in serving a lot of good coffee.
0: Well, that's very exciting. I haven't been to Ohio yet, but I've heard it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's got some pretty areas, that's for sure. A lot of farmland where I live, but uh, that's great.
0: Let's dive into a little bit about how you got into coffee in the first place and, you know, started your cafe. So how'd you get involved in coffee? Sure.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit of our, our story. About eight and a half years ago, I hosted a trade fair in Chiang Mai, Thailand, as part of the Business's Mission Global Congress, business folks from all over the world, many from Southeast Asia, who were doing what we call business's Mission and using their platform of business to uh, go where missionaries can't go, but Also to to help break the cycle of poverty and human trafficking and just a whole lot of redemptive kind of things that that go on when business is conducted properly. So I was there, hosted a a trade fair. Quite a few of our exhibitors that were there in uh, Thailand were involved in uh, the coffee industry. And I began to see this incredible thing that's happening in the the coffee industry. The cycle of poverty is being broken. People are being able to work in a safe environment, but where they can also get a sustainable wage. You know, there are 25 million people worldwide that are involved in the coffee industry. A lot of people don't know that. That coffee is the second highest commodity traded in the world. There's this thing called the commodities market where uh, coffee is bought and sold around the world, but it tends to be pretty abusive to the people at the low end of the production cycle, the farmers, the workers, many who are paid cents on the dollar for what the coffee is worth. A bunch of folks... Began to see that and saw that the farmers and the workers were some of the poorest and most exploited in the industry, and said, "Hey, we've got to do something about that." And they began to uh, create distribution chains that bypass the commodities market. It's called direct trade. It's a fair. It's a, actually a step above what's called fair trade, where uh, you know the, they try to trade fairly with the farmers but they still go through a broker but in direct trade we trade directly our coffee roaster who's 45 minutes from where we live he trades directly with the farmers in 10 different countries and directly imports that coffee with a chain of custody certificate so it's straight from that country that farmer right to the warehouse here locally and then uh, does the coffee roasting. All of the coffees that we feature, by the way, are um, called premium grade coffees, which I hope to, to mention a little bit. But anyway, I was at the hosted this trade fair, Chiang Mai, Thailand, saw what God was doing through a lot of missionaries, basically, who are creating these distribution chains. And uh, teaching farmers best practices, helping to break the cycle of poverty, helping get people out of human trafficking. You know, you can't get uh, women out of human trafficking, for example, if you can't give them a sustainable income, if you can't give them protection. And so it's solving the problem at the the root cause level seems to make a lot of sense. But I was there, saw what was happening. I said, you know, if I get a chance when I go back to my hometown, Sydney, where I live now, I uh, lived here, grew up, moved away for almost 40 years and then came back to help my aging parents before they died. And I said, you know, if I get a chance to do a show and tell model of of what's happening in coffee industry, particularly uh, in coffee as mission, I want to do that. And so the opportunity... Availed itself, and so we took it. And big challenge to put together a coffee shop, and you know, particularly when you're doing direct trade like we are, where we're paying the farmer for what the coffee is really worth, the margins are quite small because um, we're passing the, the price of the coffee onto the farmer where it really is making a difference. So we started um, almost yeah, open seven years ago. We've been on the uphill swing ever since.
0: Okay so for you it really started with the mission of the people you know how do you help right. the people in the coffee world
1: Yeah and in and then, fact our coffee roaster mm-hmm. who has an incredible story I don't know if you've ever heard of the Mennonites it's a protestant denomination but they're well known in christian circles as as being very uh, humanity and humanitarian aid focused as a church and, uh, you know, in their missions efforts around the globe. Paul, actually the guy who's our coffee rooster, was 22 years a Mennonite missionary. And he was worked particularly in South America with these native tribes people who were coffee farmers and he saw how difficult their lives were because they were being exploited basically by in the production they'd go through the commodities market and be paid cents on the dollar for what the coffees worth. Then they'd want to plant crops for next year and they go back to try to get a loan. They'd have to pay sometimes 35% interest on the money that they were going to plant crops. On. They could never break out of the cycle of poverty. Paul saw it and said, you know, what they need is a direct trade distribution chain, and he started Hemisphere Coffee, which is located in Mechanicsburg, Ohio. In June, they celebrate their 20th anniversary as a company, and they're making a huge difference importing coffee directly from the farmer, teaching the farmer best practices. Just a phenomenal story, and there's different grades of coffee. A lot of people don't know this. There's a, what's called a cupping scale, international cupping scale, where they grade coffee And there's a number of factors in the grading process, quality, the look, the taste, the aftertaste, uh, you know, just a whole lot of things, what the various different notes are. I mean, I wasn't a coffee drinker before I started in the, the coffee business much. And so I'd never heard of a coffee note or whatever. But when you get a little more sophisticated in drinking coffee, you begin to realize that different coffees have what called notes where they might taste a little bit more like chocolate or they have certain tones that they, they get based on how mature the bean was when it was harvested, how they roast it, you know, just a whole lot of factors, but they grade these coffees. A lot of the coffee that's sold today is, is, uh, would be graded as commercial grade, but our coffee is cups out at 86 on the the cupping scale, uh, 90 would be incredible. Our coffees, only 6% of the coffees harvested worldwide would, once it was roasted and brewed, would rate at an 86. And so we're in that 6% of the world's coffees. So it's, our coffee is a premium grade. So we're proud of that. We uh, serve a good, not only coffee, but Food, incredible service, of course. Lots happening in the coffee industry. Good stuff.
0: And especially when you tie a coffee shop or a roastery to the mission of we're going to help the people on the other side of the bean, more than just the customers or your community locally, but everyone globally as a larger effort. Right, all all
1: up and down down the... uh, the chain because when you got that many millions of people involved, there's a whole lot of people involved, the growing, the production, the distribution, the harvesting. Of course, then the roasting is probably one of the key elements. You got to have coffee roasters who I actually think in roasting good coffees, it's there's a lot of science that goes into it. All the coffees, like, for example, that we serve at our coffee shop, because they are premium grade, they, they have a real smoothness to them. So we never have to, you know, over roast them so they have a burnt taste. A lot of places, the coffees will taste burnt because they're trying to cover up the fact the coffees were roasted with not as good a bean. They, they harvest the, the lower grade of bean so they can have, do better on their profit margin. So there's a lot that goes into it.
0: And I'm sure we could talk forever on <laughs> on how coffee can be more developed or treated better as a whole in the industry. <laughs> well, I,
1: what I'm fascinated with, uh, particularly in the last, uh, I would say, six, seven, eight years, the awareness of the public about coffee and, and specialty coffee drinks. So that the consumer demand I've seen grow, particularly in our area where coffee shops are springing up all over the place and uh, people want to get into it. And there's a certain charm about a coffee shop, I think, in a lot of people's minds. Coffee shops provide a, a connection place For people, and and it creates its own sense of community.
0: Right, yeah, as another gathering place, as a kind of a neutral zone for a lot of people. It holds no obligation for work or family necessarily.
1: (laughs) It's a good um, crossroads for people, I think.
0: So you mentioned that Quite a few shops are popping up in your area. Is that true of the whole state? You've just seen as education has grown for customers. No, I, I
1: think it has, and yeah. you know, of course, you know every coffee shop, in a sense, has to thank uh, Starbucks for their incredible twenty-five year marketing brilliance because they brought the uh, the awareness of people to coffee. And so their brand is spread everywhere. But the small specialty shops are really, that's been the area that we've seen the most growth, Because there's a particularly a lot of the people who are more the coffee connoisseur will search out little coffee shops because uh, they want more of the true barista prepared drink and not something that's more on the mass production scale.
0: Definitely. So being in Ohio this long as a business, how have you seen it evolve besides more shops popping up in the area? Have customers started to change their palette, or has it kind of stayed consistent? What's that look like?
1: Oh, no, I think it's definitely growing. We've seen that. You know, we've definitely been seeing solid growth. The past three years, we've seen double-digit growth every year. And so both the awareness and the demand for good coffee and that whole experience seems to be uh, on the upside. And with more and more coffee shops, and I think the competition is good, challenges everyone to produce good quality, and uh, higher performance. And uh, I think that's all very positive. You know, I'm a firm believer, and I I think in business, you see that uh, maybe you've heard this, a rising tide floats all boats. The tide of coffee awareness and coffee consumer demand is that rising tide. And so it's floating a lot of uh, coffee shop boats these days. And that's, I think that's, good for the the overall industry
0: yeah absolutely and coffee the culture as a whole is very collaborative I've found I know that's not always true but I've found a lot of coffee shop owners and baristas and growers and roasters are just really friendly and really want to support one another and that's incredible
1: Right. And in fact, that's one of the things that we did in Chiang Mai, Thailand eight years ago, we began to to try to pull together the independent coffee shop businesses mission people to form kind of a trade association among uh, businesses mission folks who are doing coffee. And uh, because that begins to create uh, a trading place, if you will, of best practices. And uh, encouragement and uh, cutting edge kind of thinking uh, that uh, affords everyone an opportunity uh, to grow in a non-threatening environment.
0: It's really important to support one another, and, you know, outside of the coffee world, too, as business owners, just to realize that when you help one another, it's better for the overall industry, whatever it may be, right, than to right. try to cut each other down.
1: Yeah, and it's very competitive, and mm-hmm. but and that's okay. By and large, you run into people who are in it for the right reasons and they want to make a difference, particularly the independent coffee shop owners I've found are more, have more of a sense of mission, no matter what perspective they come from. They're trying to make a difference in in their area of the coffee production.
0: Well, speaking of areas of coffee, are there other coffee shops in your state that you recommend? If people are passing through the area and don't really know where to go, where would you recommend they stop by?
1: Yeah, you know, it's just amazing to me anymore. And I guess social media helps, uh, but you can drive into any city and your GPS or Google or um, whatever, just type in coffee shops near me. And you usually have four or five that pop up. Sometimes the the chains pop up, but I'm always amazed at how many people are looking for the independent coffee shop and uh, seek that out over some well-known chain. And we have that happen here in our town where people are coming in all the time. And I have con- constant question. I'm asking folks, well, how did you hear about us? I said, well, we just Googled you and your name came up uh, as a top coffee shop. And, and that's what we like to experience. Small business in particular, you got to have a clear sense of what your mission is and what your core values are. And then you live that out. And that's what we're doing here.
0: Yeah. And incredible to be able to stick to that as you grow too, and be authentic to your original mission is pretty great. Right. Yeah. Right. Are there ones that you recommend that I can say, hey, this is a surefire win that Chuck says, go here.
1: Particularly, I like the ones that are supported by our coffee roaster, uh, Hemisphere Coffee in Mm -hmm. uh, Mechanicsburg. And, um, you know, you can go to their site or their Facebook page and, and find out about the various different ones. Belton, Ohio, has got good coffee shops. There's one in Urbana. It's an old train station. And, Ooh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> train depot. And it's just a nice ambiance in there. You get the feel of the old train station. So that's good.
0: Wow, that sounds like an experience.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Thank you for hopping on today.
1: Yeah, well, maybe we'll get to meet at some point.
0: I think that would be a blast. You know, one day I would love to just travel around and visit all the coffee shops and meet all the owners that I've interviewed. Yeah,
1: wouldn't that be fun? That would be a great adventure.
0: Right? Oh, my goodness.
1: All right. Well, good job. Thanks for all you're doing.
0: Thanks, Chuck.